Hello, dear ones, and welcome to the Intuitive Activist podcast. I'm Leilani, your host, and today we are joined with the incredibly divine Diana Moore. Diana is the founder of Empower House Leadership, where she supports individuals in living a life that they have authored. She's obsessed with the conviction that any goal can be achieved and shares with her clients that if you're not achieving your goal, you're not a failure, you just need a better system. She's been in corporate America for a couple of decades and is pursuing her obsession of eliminating failure of all kinds, impact, wealth, health, and mental wellness, as she partners with individuals in designing versions of themselves that yield results. And when I think of Diana, gosh, I first think of just the incredible impact that she has Literally, I've seen her have impact in every single space that she enters. She is this powerhouse of divine compassion and knowledge and wisdom, and she carries with her this incredible way of truth-telling with balancing the divine masculine. So it's where I feel as though... I'm really good at speaking truth to the divine feminine, talking about intuition and things like that. Diana has this incredible ability to knit that with the divine masculine, put systems in place, be able to show people a clear path to accomplishing the things that they are setting out for themselves. So we spend this entire interview really talking through that. What does it look like to actually get from point A to point B? What systems can you put in place? And she does it in a way that just really humanizes it and makes it so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming. And of course, you know, with, with all of the guests that I bring forward here, she also is incredibly intentional about the impact that she's creating in the world. She's a fellow earth angel and just truly a divine light in my life. I hope that you enjoy this interview as much as we enjoyed recording it. But for now, grab your tea, get your cozy spot, your cozy fuzzy blanket, and enjoy this interview with my good friend, Diana Moore. Oh my goodness, Diana. Happy day. Yes. Happy day, which happens to be a Monday, which is a great day. Yeah. It's really interesting how it is a great day, isn't it? And I think it's because I get to start my day with you and your beautiful energy. Just for the listeners, I just want, I mean, I feel like this is so many of the folks I bring onto my podcast. We met in a corporate setting. You know, we were a couple of corporate schmucks (laughs) living our best lives, but Mm -hmm. still somewhat hiding. And very quickly realized this very divine connection that we have. For those who don't know you, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? What is it that you do? What's your big work in the world? And how does your intuition fit into all of that? Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much. And, you know, what just I appreciate and also hold as truth is that we find each other no matter where we are, right? Even when you're in a place and you say, well, how am I here? Why am I here? You find one another. And the reality is, is that we always attract the right people, the people that are speak to who we are into our life. I think for that is just the message there is to always truly just be you, regardless of your situation of what you're in, and you will attract those people into your life who resonate with that and are really part of your tribe. So that's what happened with you. I remember the exact first time I ever met you, actually, and I was like, who is this woman? I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Where did she come from? And where's she been hiding? And I might be actually kind of pissed that she's been hiding from me for 20 years that I've been here and she's just showing up now. So <laughs> anyways, I am I, I really, for me, I am just a person who, who I am is I really believe that my purpose truly is to be a reflection of God to other people. I'm a mirror to be able to say, this is how God sees you. The world gets on us and tells us all kinds of things and all kinds of labels, but God just sees us truly in literally the most unconditional love that you could ever believe in. There's a a verse that I love. If you're a Bible reader or not, it's for everyone, which is Psalms 139, 14, which says, 
he knit you or they or universe, whoever knit you together in your mother's womb, every meticulous thing about you, every hair on your head, you were knit together. So there's no accidents. Doesn't matter your story. If it was in a love relationship, if it was an abandonment, if it was a rape, if it was whatever, God knit you together in your mother's womb. And my purpose here is to be able to show people and remind them that we all know that, but we forget. And we sometimes get away from home. That's home center. We get away from Mm. that. That is my job. It is to say a job sounds like work, but actually it's just an, really, truly an obsession. I know that's the word right now. I'm obsessed with this and obsessed with that, but truly it is. And it's something that I've known since I've been itty, itty, bitty, itty, bitty. And it's interesting if you talk to people that have known you since you were little, that remind you of how you were. And I'm like, yeah, I've always been this person. And I like her. And I'm grateful that this is the assignment that I was given this time around. We're all grateful. We're all grateful for your assignment. And I know we haven't quite heard what you do and and how that all translates. But what I want to reflect back is that entire time you were speaking, my body was just full of sensation, which is how I know that source is moving through us. I also remember the exact moment when I saw this fabulous woman walk in and and we were in this like dismal corporate setting and it was just like glory and shiny and like everything that you're saying about being who you are and allowing your, your own divinity to attract your people. And luckily you were gifted with a beautiful son we also know. Yes. Yes. And I was also gifted with a beautiful son. So it's, it's really interesting to me how much trust the universe puts in us to also raise these children who are incredible, incredible sources of light. Right. And so anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just had to let you know. I mean, you are just so clearly channeling right now and I just wanted to acknowledge it. Thank you for that. Absolutely. By the way, I can't wait for our earth angels to meet one another. And the fact that they're 24 years in the world's years away from one another Mm -hmm. won't matter at all. So I'm really excited for that. My kid is already drumming and singing and all. I mean, he's channeling your son every day. I feel like he's so musical and so brilliant and they're so, I mean, and then his daughter, I mean, they're going to be such good friends. Yes, absolutely. Great. Okay. Anyway, back to Diana. Diana, yeah. tell us what it is that you do and what is your big purpose, your big mission here? Yeah, well, that's, that's it. That's what I do. And I do it in different settings, right? Do it in, with individuals and coaching. I still do that in corporate America. Truly, it's the same thing. It manifests. It, it, it looks right. There's the titles to everything, right? But when you get to sort of what is it at the at the root of things, right? Really, truly helping people find the path, right? Create the system. We all have something that we want to do, right? If you say, well, what's your goal or what's your vision, depending on where people's consciousness is. And for some people, it might be, well, I want to be promoted and get to this level. Okay, great. Well, where's the difference between where you want to be and where you are right now? And there is a process to get you there because here's the thing, success is not happenstance. It is a well-executed system. That's my jam is creating those systems. And so whether that be, like I said, around a job, whether it be around health, whether it be around even body consciousness or just truly any goal. I mean, literally everything is a system. If we are not getting where we want to get in life, it's we're never the failure. We just don't have the right system yet. And so we just need to create it. So that's what I do. I love that you're like, that's it. That's all. I just, <laughs> I, I speak divinity all over the place and I help humans create systems around it. I am in such awe because as much as I love structure, it's not something that comes really easily to me. I think that this is why I just feel really in awe of what you do because your ability to see kind of to cut through all the noise and say, okay, where is it that you want to go? Where are you now? And what are all the little steps in between? Like, can I just hire you to run my life? Because (laughs) I need a little bit of Diana to clean up my system, right? 
But also, you know, in all seriousness, what I'm also thinking about is the system, like the big system, the system that we live in, because I see you as a systems thinker, clearly. And so when you think about, and we were just talking about Black women and mortality rates and childbirth and pregnancy and all of those things. And so how do you relate that work to the big system? What does that look like? And what's your work at at a microcosm? Really, I love that you asked me that question because the reality is, is it is all a system, right? The system is working exactly the way it was designed to meet an intended outcome that at some point was somebody's objective. If you want to speak business language, there was some business objective. And uh, maybe that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> about systematic racism, oppression, sexism, all those things. None of those things are an accident where, you know, some of us, not us, but some of us are waking up to these realities and like, oh, I can't believe. And it's like, well, yep, it's because it's doing what it's doing. It's a system, right? And so when the objective changes, so whether that's a business objective or your personal objective or the objective of peace, I know this is very corporate speak, right? But I think sometimes people get lost in what they say, the foo-foo-ness or whatever. And the reality is, is all of this is systems. And so, you know, it's just for me is I've always said, so years ago in my career, probably uh, back to 2006, so however many years ago was was that. I'm an accountant, but I don't do math, so. <laughs> I know, I, it always cracks me up that I, I was, I mean, my undergrad is accounting and most people are going to be like, what the hell? Like, that makes You're sense. You're so good in math, right? It's like, no, I don't do math. how do you account for things? That's it, you know? But that being the background, but in 2006 was you know, sought out for a position in diversity, actually. It's kind of interesting how things call full circle in the corporate environment. And so passionate about that. That's what I, you know, volunteered outside of work, doing things since forever, right? So as long as I can remember back to even high school and the Black Student Union and all those kinds of things. So anyways, sought out for a position in in diversity. And I thought to myself, am I more effective sitting next to somebody who's never worked with someone that looks like me, first of all, racially ambiguous. People don't know. They know I'm not white, but they don't know what I am. Unless you're from the South. If you're from the South, everyone knows like that's a black woman. But outside of that, people don't necessarily know. And if you're an international crowd, people are asking me, am I East Indian or am I North African? I love actually, I'm so grateful for for this vessel that I'm in because there's no barriers, not even international Wherever I go, people are, you look like my neighbor, except for if it's Eastern Europe, and then I get to talk about my Jewish roots, and then I'm good there too. Grateful for that vessel. But so I thought to myself, am I more effective coming up being the diversity lady? So when Diana shows up, I've got my diversity hat. Everyone knows I'm going to talk to you about diversity. And so we can all be attentive or whatever. And then we go back to our real life and our real job. I realize that I'm more effective by sitting next to somebody working in a very technical field, like no BS, making big decisions, and they're interacting with me. They've never, you know, sat next to, a lot of times even a woman, because it was a heavy engineering environment. And then you got 5'11 and eight pounds of hair. When this stuff is dry, it's, whoo, <laughs> this is still the wet, the wet so version. So gorgeous. Oh. Thank you. I've had so many questions, you know, at work about different things. And I've always seen myself as a bridge. And I would guess that, you know, growing up, that probably was that idea, I guess, deposited in me and that I come from two very different cultures just in my my home, right? And so to have a Jewish, Eastern European, New York Jew with Black American South, Deep Bayou, Louisiana South together, and, you know, different race, religion, social economics, culture, and all those things, but both very strong cultures, to see myself as a bridge between people. And so that continues even in the corporate world, right? As a young person to say, no, I need to sit next to people that have not ever been exposed to the black experience, the woman assertive experience of the women in leadership experience. And that that's how I would share about our differences and how we really actually are all connected. So when you set a bridge, yeah. your phone chimed. <laughs> So I'm really curious, like what that means, like what that felt important, like that feels like as we're speaking on all the ways that you belong and don't belong, like 
in of the earth. And then I heard the bridge chime. Yeah. So what does being a bridge mean in this work that you do? And you're also, may I, may I say you're an earth angel? Yes, absolutely. So you are also an earth angel. So what does it mean to be a bridge? So a bridge is, you know, if you think about kind of the, the structure, right, it's, it's constant, it's reliable, right? It helps us get over something that could be dangerous, right? We wouldn't be able to cross without having this cover. And at the ends of the bridge are two different views. If I'm standing on this side of the bridge, I get to see the other. Maybe I see across the water and the mountains. And if I'm standing on that, think about Seattle. I know we have people listening from all over. In Seattle, there's this place called Alki Beach. And if you're standing on the Seattle side, looking west, then what you get to see is a little island, a beach. If you're on the Alki side, looking at the Seattle side, you get to see these beautiful Seattle skyline, which I lived in Seattle for years and now in Southern California. And I wondered, where are all these skyline pictures coming from? Because I didn't see it, right? And then I realized, oh, that's from Alki Beach. So if that was the bridge, right? The views are different. So take that with people, anything. Right now we're in a lot of the black-white experience, right? Just what happened these last years of people's awakening through the sacrifice of George Floyd, right? That was an awakening. His life served as an awakening for a lot of people. So that's a view, right? So you have people that say, I didn't know this existed. And other people saying, well, this is my whole existence. This is the world that I live in. And I've had to show up to work every day being quiet and showing up with trauma. We watch something on the news, the shootings, all this stuff. We Then we have to come to work and perform, And God forbid we would be short with somebody and then we get, you know, written up for not being collaborative or whatever else, right? So now there's an awareness, at least there's an awareness that allows us to have some conversation. So these are people that say at the the bridge. For me, being that bridge is I want to invite people to the middle and to be able to have the conversations. You see somebody else's perspective. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. I mean, even me. So I have this ability to be able to put myself in people's shoes I actually understand some of the really radical views. If I put myself in their perspective, I actually understand it. I've just had this ability to be able to connect with people that normally would never speak to somebody like me. I always am conscious of it. There's sometimes, you know, you see an opportunity to be a bridge, but you're like, okay, I'm not today. I can't do it. Right. Oh my gosh. It's always a choice. (laughs) Always. And what I also want to highlight about your ability to, I hear that as compassion and understanding. I really think that's the plight of the earth angels. Mm. Like, I think that a big part of our mission here is to be the bridge and to be able to hold space for people to be on the bridge. I think that what I hear in, in this analogy, and it's so beautiful. And I just, of course, have goosebumps all over my body is I think that people are afraid that they're going to have to like be on the other side of the bridge and stay there. Yeah. I don't think people understand like, no, you get to actually hold both and you get to be on the bridge and you get to understand. And then you get to come and visit whenever you want, because you see us and you understand our perspective. Absolutely. And sides of the bridge are more comfortable than others for people. Right. And I think even this, in these corporate settings where we're having these conversations, mandated conversations about race, which is, you know, I don't know how we do that well, right? When you have people that never wanted to talk about it before. Who knew? Who knew we'd be who knew we would be here a year later mandated to have conversations about racial justice in a corporate, very highly heady engineering setting. It's insane. Yeah. But now you're having the conversations and what does the bridge look like now? And by the way, the conversations, you know, they were forced to be had for a while. And and now they're, if we remember so quickly how things come and go, but for me, right. Cause I can only be responsible for myself as far as the bridge with someone else is to say, I get that you live in the, you know, if you live in the place where your view is, you know, rainbows and unicorns and and somebody else may look and and it's just tumbleweeds, right. (laughs) Destitute, nothing's really growing there. You don't have to come and live over here in the tumbleweeds. You can stay over here with the unicorns and the rainbow, but you need to know that this exists. And then if I can connect with you and 
start sharing about myself, right? So it's a place of vulnerability that I'm always committed to. And people will say, well, you know, you don't have to as the brown person or however you want to say, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You're right. I don't have to, but I actually make a choice because I know what happens is, is for me to be able to even hold space for them. Remember back to being really clear of my purpose. This is how God sees you. God doesn't care which side of the bridge you're on. In fact, we're all on the same. It's all, we're all together. So if I can step into my purpose of saying, I see you, you and I are are both the same in God's eyes, uniquely the same, then I get to be able to say, if I can get to know you and be vulnerable, then you start to care about me a little bit, or at least be curious. So now that if I have your curiosity or a little bit of your care, then you know this other things exist. So now when you maybe, you know, you're sitting amongst your friends over in Rainbow Unicorn Land and someone says something. That's just not true, but it's been a part of this system that has us thinking that all Black people are lazy, dangerous, or whatever the narrative, life doesn't matter, right? You can say, well, wait a minute, actually, I have this coworker that I've talked to, and she shared X, Y, and Z with me, and I just know that that's not true, right? And so these little seeds start to be planted. Our job is just literally, for most people, I said, if you could just plant the seed, you don't even have to worry about watering it. That will take care of itself. Some of us are the waterer, waterers and some of us are going to be tilling the land, but everybody has a different level of work. So for me at minimum, very minimum will be to plant the seed, but me being who I am, you know, God put me in the right body, right? In this 5'11 body with a lot of hair because I'm going to do a lot, right? When I show up, there's no ignoring that I'm there. And so I know that for me, it is more than just the seed, but if I could just plant the seed, I know that what people have hold to be truth will now be questioned. Mm, Gosh, I guess the question that's coming up as we think about caring for, I just keep coming back to black women. How are you preserving your peace? How are you taking good care of yourself and all of that seed planting? Because I know I, I see, I'm so blessed with so many black friends and I see the struggle and I see the strife and I see the exhaustion. And so how are you taking care of yourself? Some days great and other days not so great. It'd be a hundred percent transparent, right? It's sometimes you're just exhausted. There has been many days where you just got to take a mental health day <laughs> because you just say, listen, wake up at 10 a.m. Wake up at 10 a.m. And just like, I got to care for myself. You know, none of the days of being, I'm so exhausted. I, you know, I've worked 12 hours or 15 hours or whatever. That's not cute. Like we're done with that. And so sometimes you just have to take the time for yourself now, on a day-to-day basis, actually just showing up, being vulnerable and telling my truth in ways that make me human to be able to share when things are happening. I was just actually having a conversation with somebody who's also senior in our, you know, organization and nice woman, white woman, blonde and everything, right? Curious, curious. And you can see has a heart to want to be uh, positive. Now, how committed is she? I have no idea. Doesn't matter. You know, she was sharing about, you know, someone um, where a lot of people had a lot of things to say about this person. And it's like, she said, I've never just, I've just never seen where so many people are so curious about what someone else is up to when this person's such a top performer. Like this person's the highest performer in our organization and everybody's wondering what she's up to. By the way, that person was me that everybody's questioning, right? <laughs> right. She said, I don't, I just don't get it. And I said, Welcome to my life as a black woman. Oof. I know every day I, I don't get a, to have a bad day at work. I have to show up, be excellent every day. My performance needs to be flawless every year. And you get the, I don't understand why you're not X level yet. Welcome to my life. Because maybe the 10 years is not enough. The 10 years, year over year, year that I prove it have not been enough. And then some would question as I always get, well, why are you still here, right? Why are you, because we don't have choice. This is part of the work. Don't feel sorry for me, anyone, in the way that, you know, why am I, I still here? It all has to do with bigger work that I'm up to. And that bigger work is what? 
the bigger work we will have we'll have the great reveal at some point but you know the the vision is always the same you know if someone will ask or i ask with people what's new and good for me it's all good and nothing's new the vision's clear the north star has always been right there and we're continuing to march to it some days you make 3 miles of progress and other days you make a quarter of a mile progress it's still there but basically it is all about being able to share the message offer the service, the gifting in a bigger way to be able to help more people. What I know is true every day that I'm not acting and walking in my purpose, there's somebody's prayer that's not being answered. That is one of those things that, you know, could, could sound, you know, people say, well, what do you mean? But the reality is that we all have gifts and we all have talents and somebody right now has a problem that's really a true thorn in their side. They're like, I can't move forward with this thing. And there's one of us that has that solution. And every day we're not walking in our purpose. There's somebody who's suffering an additional day. I like have tears in my eyes. That really resonates with me. And also it doesn't stop with that person because that person's suffering is connected to all of our suffering, the collective suffering. And every day that we choose to go against our purpose and we say no to sources, God's plan for us, we're contributing to the collective suffering. I hear you saying every day I don't choose my purpose. Somebody's prayer doesn't get answered. It just, It really helps me remember why I'm here. And I think that being an earth angel, just get real. Let's get real, (laughs) y'all. Being an earth angel is so beautiful and it's so divine and it's so brilliant and light and also really, really freaking hard, really hard because so much is on our shoulders Mm -hmm. to make things better, to take away suffering, to, to just show people the light and reflect back their own light. I woke up empty today, you know, like feeling empty and you showing up in your whole light, your whole self filled me up. I guess I'm just sitting here in this present moment, just feeling the gravity of I keep hearing the plight of the earth angel Mm. and it's beautiful. It's all of it. We're like all on the bridge together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, like the, the, the giant bridge. (laughs) The bridge. bridge. Like we're all little bridges on this giant bridge and we're so held. That's what I'm hearing. Absolutely. You know, our conversation has been scheduled for a few weeks and isn't it, interesting the quote coincidence right that you would wake up empty and that I would be here it's not about me but it's about an energy that you needed to receive I needed a reminder I needed the reminder and it's just how you know God constantly shows up for us and you know I think about that poem that's been around forever footprints I think in the 80s everyone had that printed out (laughs) I think my grandmother still has that somewhere in her house. <laughs> yeah, you might want to go read it because here's the thing, you know, it's funny, these things that we, we see so much that we don't even see them anymore. Right. But when I think about that, it is so true, right. Is that we have this walk in life that we we're walking out of purpose. And when it gets heavy, God will pick us up and carry us with little moments of reminders of when you're not feeling great and somebody shows up or when you're not feeling great and you choose to take that mental health day and you hear the music and dance through your house or read something or listen to a podcast like yours. You know, I recently listened, by the way, if people aren't listening, you need to listen and share because this is something that is, you can't miss. You absolutely can't miss. I mean, you know, that, like I said, these prayers that people have the answer. Some of those answers for some people are right here. And so don't miss it. It's free, right? It's free until it's not. (laughs) Get it while it's hot. Right, exactly. (laughs) Girl, Malik needs to put us on a track. We are over here riding. (laughs) I don't know that he'd agree to that. (laughs) 
I tell them all the time, like, dude, you got to put me on. You got to put me on. Oh my gosh. I would, I mean, I would imagine you can sing though. Cause no, really? Well, here's what I say. We all can sing. Yes. Some of us is just not pleasing to other people. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just assumed because you're an earth angel, but maybe your, your gifts are just a little different. Uh, you know, it is crazy. I sing all the time. I was telling Ricky yesterday that I am, my life is like a musical because when I am in flow, when people say something, a song will pop up. And so yesterday we woke up and he said something and this song popped. I was like, you remember this song? It was like from the eighties. He's like, and he starts singing a song. I'm like, no, 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 that was a good one, but it wasn't this song. And I pulled out some song by some group, I think called D10. I didn't even, I don't even remember. I don't even <laughs> D- oh, sorry, 10cc. Anybody heard of 10cc? The, the thing we do for love the song. Oh, love. yeah, I you remember know? that song. Yeah, like, I didn't know it was 10cc either. <laughs> me either, but thank God for the internet, and you can just put in a few words and it comes. But this is me all the time. Like, you'll say something, and I just start singing a song. And if I know you really love me, I will, the musical will play in front of you, and you'll be like, Diana, stop. <laughs> Well, but also that's part of your gift. So what I'm, what I'm hearing from your guides right now is that your, a lot of your intuition comes through as sound, like music as, yeah. So tell me, tell me more about that for those who are like, Oh, I hear music in my head all day. Like, how does that guide you? Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. I'll just tie this real quick and then I'll answer your question to something a lot of us know the book, The Five Love Languages, you know, which was originally about people in, you know, partnership, romantic relationship, but we've learned that, you know, these things work for any kind of relationship, but wouldn't it be interesting, quote unquote, that I am a words of affirmation person first? I don't know that I would have guessed that for you. I am too, by the way, maybe it's an angel thing. I don't know. Yeah. And so the music those are words, it's sounds, it's beats, it's rhythms. I, I would be remiss to say that some of this is not coming from ancestors. It's recently as my dad, that ancestor where, you know, it's just a song and playing the future. By the way, my son is my dad. I feel like somehow part of his spirit reincarnated because they oh, look yeah. just alike. It's in- so crazy. But, um, you know, just always had music around. That was just part of our life. We always had music. I have music playing but I can tell you a song comes on if I know it, if I not even know it, if I've ever heard it, I can tell you where I was, what part of my life, what was happening in my life. You know, I can remember what outfit I wore to some concert. I mean, it's just <laughs> music is tied to memory for me. And it's interesting how I can get access to things that I didn't even know were still there when certain songs come into my consciousness. And so I just also believe that for us now, what we have to really protect what goes in. So that's what goes in your ears, you know, so what are you listening to? Doesn't mean it has to be whatever. I mean, I listen to, trust me, I am, I'm like ratchet and gospel at the same time. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. I will be like, I can know all my Megan the Stallion songs and then Tasha Cobbs, who is like amazing gospel music. So it all exists together. It has to, you're a bridge. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I was funny. We were in the, in the car and I was a big in the stallion song came on and I literally was like rapping every word and my niece who's 21 in the back. And then Ricky's nephew, who's 23. They're like, how do you know this? I'm like, how do you not? Oh, oh, snap, Diana. Dropping knowledge on the 20 somethings. I love it. Yeah. Just with music is like, we have the power to control our environment. And I get that, you know, sometimes some of us are in spaces, not all of us get to work from home and, you know, have our own businesses or what have you, you got to go to work. And maybe, you know, you don't have control over what music is playing over the loudspeaker, if there's any, or what people are saying to you, even if it's 12 hours of the day, you still have 12 where you get to choose. And so to be really cognizant of what goes in, what do you listen to? Like I said, podcasts like these, what music are you listening to? What are you watching on TV? You don't have to watch the news if you don't want to. So for me, music is just part of, it's like the rocket fuel. It's your ambiance. Yeah. Turn it on in the morning, get ready. You know, I'm a, I love like 
urban Latin music, like love, love, love. And so trust me, I'm doing bachata and salsa in the bathroom by myself. And in my mind, I'm like ready for, you know, some, there's this club called Mangoes in Miami where the women dance and the men too, on the counters and like these amazing dancers. In my mind, I'm ready for Mangoes in the morning. (laughs) In my mind, I am, I am that person on the counter. And in reality, I can't even look at myself when I'm trying to like salsa and stuff because it's like, it's not cute. Oh, this is. But I'm still going to try. Yeah, we're going to do this. this Okay. I'm I'm saying this right now that we are going to have, whether it's a week or a day of bringing women together and there are going to be a dance party so we're gonna have oh, like I love dance don't get me wrong I'm like you I'm like I will dance to be fair I did dance for a couple of years in high school I've done the dancing thing but for some reason like Latin music I just feel like oh like I yeah. can't do, but, but I love what you're saying about creating your environment and the message that keeps coming through is for folks who are starting to identify what their Claire gifts are. So you're very clairaudient, which means that you get a lot of information through your sense of hearing. I'm very clairvoyant, which means I get like visions in my third eye, but I'm looking around at my apartment right now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like this is not divine. And so how can we quite literally clean up our environment so that we are not blocking the energy that is already on its way to us. How are we creating spaces that are conducive to manifesting? So I guess I'm cleaning my apartment today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's like having beautiful art up and having more flowers. And I know that that sounds so simple, but I am on a journey of self-love. And in order for me to love myself, I have to honor the ways in which my gifts manifest. And that is through my vision. So how can I create that in my environment? So that was a big, Mm. thank you for that, Diana, Mm. because it kind of helped me understand why this disconnect is bothering me Mm. as much as it is. You know, and I will just say this, people already know how to do it. And if you just do this is to say, if I don't love it, it needs to go. Ooh, yes. Everything that That's light, scary. You love that light, or is it there just I for do. light? It's great. Then that, that stays. Then that stays, right? Yeah. And by the way, this is our closet too. But so what if you want to have Hulk smash on one wall and a Picasso on the other? That's what your your room is supposed to look like. Because if you look at that and it makes you, I have art. It's interesting. My son's partner Shira, when she first stayed at my house for a weekend, I was gone. She wrote me a lovely note, and she just said. I look around and I see all of these powerful women. I have art. Art is one of the things I invest in. And, and, you know, I have some that didn't cost some and some that cost a lot, but there's a theme of women. I love that. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, you know, putting things up and, you know, if you don't have a budget for art, that's okay. Guess what? You can go and get a magazine and you can clip that out. And you can put a little border around it. You know, you go to Ross or TJ Maxx or whatever and get these things. It's great finds. Literally, you can redecorate your house for 50 bucks. You can create it. You can paint it, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think we we tend to talk ourselves out of these things very quickly. Like, oh, well, I don't have the money for that. I mean, I have art up, but it's it was this like $200. I mean, it's huge, but it was these flowers that don't really capture me anymore. Mm -hmm. That was me like 10 years ago. And right now, all I want to see is like giant angel wings. That's what I want to see. And so, yeah. So you're just so inspiring, Diana. See, this is why I need you to run my life. (laughs) I need you for my systems. (laughs) I'm here. I'm here for it. Oh my gosh. Those flowers are going to bless someone. You know, when you take things to goodwill, again, just like someone's waiting for your message, someone's waiting for your things. Somebody has a spot in the house. Or those flowers or we're going to come home and they're going to look at those flowers and it's going to bring them so much joy. Oh my gosh, Diana, (laughs) you're speaking so much truth. And I love how you, because you even see people as a system, like we're all so interconnected and every choice that I make to let go of something means that someone else gets to receive the blessing. All of those Goodwill bags, it is, I'm like, I haven't seen it yet, but if I could see somebody someday walking down the street and something that I was holding on to, because if I could just lose 10 pounds or whatever, and you know, regardless, here's the thing I tell people all the time, 
when you're holding on to clothes specifically, like, oh, when I lose 20 pounds, first of all, that thing is not serving you. But on top of that, when you lose 20 pounds, you're not going to want that old thing. You're going to want to go shopping. You're going to want to go shopping. So why hold up space where you have no room to receive, right? Because if the storehouse is full, the closet, the apartment, whatever, there's no room, your life with people that aren't serving you, there's no room to receive something new. That thing is waiting. It's like in a queue. It's like a queue. It's waiting in the queue for there to be space. It's like a, you're, you're, you know, you're driving up to Target. It's Black Friday or whatever, right? And every parking spot's full. Well, there's a queue coming in. That's your life, waiting for those parking spaces to be available. And as you're holding on to crap, people, things, jobs, whatever, as long as you're holding on to that, there's no space for something, that thing that is really for you to come. So clear it out. Spring cleaning can be any day of the, any month. It doesn't have to be in the spring. I love this. Uh, I want to stay on this topic because this notion of letting go and my listeners know the last six months, really the last year has been a huge exercise in letting go for me. So letting go of my corporate role, letting go of my marriage, letting go of a lot of the roles that I was playing in my life, letting go of expectations. It's just really sitting with me that creating that absence, my role in my corporate, I mean, my corporate role was pretty great. Oh my gosh. Pretty great. And yours made mine better, by the way, to just to be real. (laughs) Oh, thank you. No, it really did. Because I got to see what it looks like to make impact and also just be you and all your greatness. That's all and I ever how, want. <laughs> yeah. You gave me a tribe. I, I, I was <sighs> over here on a boat by myself, you know? Oh, so you absolutely. are my people, Diana. Oh my gosh. But it was really hard to let go. I had great bosses. My life was beautiful and still I wasn't walking my path. It was a season and, and it certainly was something it was difficult to let go of, but now I think of who came in and took my role after just the impact that I know that she's making because she's also an earth angel. And it's so beautiful. Like when we release and we let go, my ex and I, we, it was mutual. I mean, it wasn't mutual at first to, to end the marriage, but it became mutual and I couldn't have given him that gift without the space that I needed, right. For him to see that, wow, actually, I think we're both ready to move on and to think of how happy he's going to make somebody else Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Like he Mm -hmm. deserves to have somebody in his life that completely sees him. Mm -hmm. I guess it's just really resonating with me, everything you're saying about the importance of letting go so that the rest of the plan can come into fruition. And when we hold on and cling so tightly, especially out of fear, Yes. for instance, like I held on to, <laughs> I call them my fat pants. Mm-hmm. I held on to my fat pants forever. Cause I'm like, well, who knows? Like I might blow up again or whatever. I mean, it was never, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. pants that were two sizes too big because I, and it's like, what, <laughs> what am I doing? This is completely fear-based. And then somebody else can have some beautiful pants that didn't have them right. that yeah. I don't know. I, it's just really sitting with me that the consequences of us letting go, I don't really have a question. <laughs> I'm just like, really, I'm just. I'm like your hype woman. I'm amplifying everything you're saying. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, I think also too, that holding on to is our teaching of survival. We come from backgrounds where the system, the system working well meant that we had scarcity, right? The system working well. And so we have this where you got to hold on to something because so what if the pants are two, two sizes too big? They're clean. They don't have holes on them. And you got an extra pair of pants. Yeah. Use a belt. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. what I was raised to. Like, oh, your belt doesn't fit. Put some holes in it. That's right. Let's that thing. You know what I mean? We will take nothing and turn it into something, right? Exactly. And don't even get me started on that. But when it comes to fashion and food, you know, all these things, the, the bone broth and all this stuff, it's like, this is stuff that we've had to 
we made good because we had the scraps and now it's right. You know, come on. I know it's funny. Malik actually said the exact same thing, like creating something delicious and beautiful out of nothing. I mean, I grew up in poverty. I know what it's like to have to create out of nothing. And the downside of that is living in the scarcity mode. So how do you personally, Diana, I mean, you have just, I just, I see you living in abundance and and, in enoughness. What was that process like for you? And what would you tell women coming after you? Well, it's a constant, it's a constant. And, and that's a good news for some and other people are like, dang, you know what I mean? I just get to do it one time and it's done. It's like the gym, right? You don't go one day and you say, I'm fit. That's just what I tell myself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, or I drink this, you know, green juice here and I'm good. You know, that's it. It's every day, particularly when it comes to the mind right? A mindset thing is not like, well, I read one book or I do one podcast or whatever, and I'm good. It's, you know, stay in it every single day. And we call this work, but really it's, it's not work. It's, it's part of our being, right? We have to reprogram that, that it's like personal development is work. It's like, no, this is just part, just like I get up in the morning, I brush my teeth. I hope everyone else does too. Actually, that's where the masks have come in handy. Let's just say, you know, the masks aren't all bad. <laughs> so funny. Gosh, a year and a half ago, I'd never been a counseling person. My mom's a counselor. And so if you stub your toe, it was like, go to counseling. And so, you know, it was the the defiant person to me was like, no counseling. And a year and a half ago, I started going to counseling and, you know, I had a good quote unquote reason. My dad died in an accident. So that felt like a good enough reason for me to go. And it's been pretty interesting because The reality is, is we all, I I think, would benefit from having somebody who takes a stand for us. You don't go because something's wrong. You go because something's right, because you know, hey, guess what? My time in this body is short. And if there's anything, if there's any roadblocks there, I want to move them so that I can get past that, right? We want to compress timeframes. And so for me, it's been finding ways to compress timeframes. And I've said before, your podcast, I mean, In 20 minutes or in 40 minutes, you can literally essentially get more than you can read in a book. To me, it's like finding these things, whether you're starting your day with personal development, you know, I would say, keep water by your bed, have a full glass of water, wake up your organs, and then listen to something. Don't get on, you know, your Facebook or your Instagram. And why, right? Why? Because if you, you you have no control over what comes up in your feed. So you see something that upsets you or pisses you off or whatever. And now that's the way you're going to start your day. Don't hand your your control of your life over to other people. So, you know, personal development, go to a reliable source where you know you're going to get filled up. It's always going to be positive. It's always going to speak to you. So that's for me is just being committed to staying into living this, what I say, destination Dianaville. That's the end, right? When I get there, I know that's when it's time for this body to retire. So I'm always working towards Destination Dianaville. And part of that fuel is constant personal development. I want to live at Destination Dianaville. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a good time over here. Sounds so dreamy. And I guess I just want to say, and this is your ancestors, your dad, of course, Forrest is here for all the world to hear. He just wants you to know that well he's crying was he a crier every now and then not very rarely very very well he's crying now and he wanted it to be very clear that he's crying and that he never in a million years thought that he would ever deserve to have someone who brings as much light into the world as you and you are just such a gift diana to all of us your your joy your ability to be a bridge, your compassion, your deep way that you see the world, the light that you bring. Destination Dianaville is here. That's what I'm hearing is it's not actually a destination. You're living it every day and you're living it in the present. And we all love you so thank much. You. And thank you to, to oh. dad. Thank you. For he's so cool. That. He's so cool. <laughs> like he's just always like always macking on me. I'm like, Forrest. <laughs> You can just step off, buddy. He's too young for you. (laughs) (laughs) He's too young for you. (laughs) He's so cute, though. I just want to share one thing with you. Yes, please. So my birthday, 
my mom has this gifting of collage and she makes the most beautiful collages. Takes the old card and makes it into collage. But inside, she calls it soul collaging, by the way. In the inside, there was a, a letter. It was a letter my dad wrote on January 5th, 1993. Malik was born January 8th. I don't even remember getting the letter, but somehow she had it. I don't even know. But he said in the letter, maybe when we're done, I'll, I'll read this short portion to you. But it just said that, you know, he had a, he said it, it, just how fitting it was that his first grandbaby would come through me. Mm. And that he had a good feeling about the choices that I was making in my life and that everything was going to be great with me and the baby. Uh, and he's such a light. Oh my gosh, such a light. And now our listeners, know him as well, Malik, if that wasn't clear. It's so, just so beautiful, Diana. With Forrest here, I'm feeling called to ask you what your bumper sticker is. So what is your bumper sticker advice? According to Diana, it can be corny, whatever. My bumper sticker. I just get one. Gosh. You can have more than one because you're a bridge and you're, I don't know that you'll settle on one. (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's this one that is, that is, it's not, I don't know that it's unique to me, but it's, it is take the trip, mm. you know, just to wherever it is. Don't wait on somebody. Don't wait on a best friend to get her money together. Don't wait on a man. You want to go to Bali, go to Bali. You want to go somewhere for the weekend to see a concert. My first date with Ricky, he told me he had gone to Zurich for the weekend to see a concert for his 51st birthday. And I was like, yeah, this is the guy. This is my, this is my person. (laughs) That's that's something I would do. Right. And want, and, and and with a boldness, not comfortably, but like, you're going to do this because you want to. So take the trip would be one. And the other one is to know that you were, I just go back to the the verse, which I started, you were knitted together in your mother's womb. And you are here a hundred percent in every way. Perfect. God made you perfect. And I know we don't love that word because he said nobody's perfect, but Jesus, right? That's why I was raised anyway. No one's perfect person, but Jesus. Well, God made you perfect. He says you are made in the image of God early on in the Bible. It's Genesis. You're made in the image of God. So if God is something we hold so great and you are made in the image, what's not to like? I just recorded an episode that at this point listeners will have heard, but it was actually a conversation. I interviewed Source. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, I love that. And so that was the last episode. And what Source, what God had said is, I do not make mistakes. Absolutely. And you are divinely created. So how could you possibly be a mistake? There's no... It doesn't doesn't exist. There's no. And so if we can embody that and know that I'm here for a reason, Mm -hmm. I am who I am for a reason. The people in my life are here for a reason. How would that change your entire existence and the choices that you make? We would just get up and get to it. Yeah. Which is how I see you is like empowered, empowered woman, like fierce, ugh. You're such a gift, Diana. Thank you so, so much. And tell us how everyone, for the listeners who will inevitably want to connect with you, what are the best ways to get in touch? Honestly, it's really just by sending me an email. I have been on a social media just pause, wanting to live intentionally. And so anything that I put out there, I want it to be at this point directly aligned to the work that I'm to be doing. And so I've just taken a pause on that. Maybe you could just add my email to the, to the notes of the show. Absolutely. And that's the best way. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Diana. Any, any last thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with? The last thought is actually in looking at you. So in looking at you, Leilani, earlier when you were sharing about, you know, just big changes in your life, I saw your face as you were 12, I don't know what was happening on your life when you were 12, but your face, I, I would love to see a picture of you 12 because I, I what, whatever you, this shedding has also shedded age. To me, your face is as youthful as it was when it was 12. Oh my and gosh. I don't, like I said, I don't know where, you know, I do know where it's coming from, but I don't know what the message, maybe God will tell you, but 
these decisions that you've made about that there were things that were at one point served a purpose. And then when you hold on too long, they become a weight and you've Mm. let go and release these weights. And it's like this, it was just like this instant facelift and your youth and your playfulness and your intuition. Cause with something about when you were 12, you knew God was telling you different things and you knew, and there was a, a freedom about you and she's come back. And oh, my gosh. So I was thinking when I turned 12 is when I started to put expectation on myself mm-hmm. and I started to like put on my good girl mask and fit in. And, you know, that's when girls were kind of mean to me. And I was anorexic in high school. I I just did a lot of fitting in and 12 is around the time when I started to realize like, Oh, who I am is not enough. I have to do something else. So I love that so much. And just what a gift. Diana, to say that. And you see so clearly. Thank you. I would love for you to, if if you feel led, to pull up pictures from all the way up until 12 and put her front and center mm. where you can see her. Because <sighs> I really feel this is that everything that you needed was there at 12. Mm. That was all the giftings. You were operating purely in gift. And 12 to however old you are, now or a year ago, right? Because that's when you really stepped mm-hmm. into this. Those were not wasted or lost years. You were getting no. talents, right? Talents are things mm-hmm. that you learn. You go to school, you get a degree, you get some experience mm-hmm. in work and life relationship, right? <laughs> so now you have the giftings because all of that was deposited in you to your 12. And then from 12 to now you have talents. And now you just get to operate in gifts and talents. I do feel like I'm 12 most days or younger. Actually, I have such a youthful spirit. Absolutely. And now I get to just play. You get to just play because it's all, it's all there. There's nothing to do or be it's already there. And while that message was for you, it's actually for everyone because the things that we loved to do and who we were as a young person is directly connected to God, to source. And it's all the stuff that we mm-hmm. put on ourselves or the world's put on us is not for not. It was again for talents, developing something. And now we get to make the choice is to say, I'm going to show up as the little person because that's the authentic self with all of this wisdom and knowledge that we mm. got through our adult years, right? Mm-hmm. So that's and, for everyone. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like I wouldn't trade the abusive like relationships, like any of it. And I know that people will probably look at me and say I'm crazy, but I am weathered and I am invincible. And so is everybody else who has walked their path and trusted the universe. Nothing is without purpose. Nothing is without intention. God source does not make mistakes. That's right. Uh, I, what a gift. I love you, beautiful soul. You are so, so, so loved and seen and you're my sister. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this work to saying yes to your calling, which gives us me a platform here with you and gives everybody, you get to be part of people's personal development every day you're part of this you know being in purpose on purpose so thank you for saying yes oh friends thank you so much for being here for this conversation i am just in constant awe of diana she has this really important and critical ability of allowing us to see our own humanity, see the desires of our soul, and then be able to create a pathway to getting there. I think the ways that she addresses systems and creating systems in order to get what it is that we truly desire on a soul level, I think it's just such an important superpower. And I just hope that you are able to take some of the wisdom that Diana shared today and implement it in your own life. Perhaps it's one small thing you can do today to create a system so that you can begin reaching for what it is that your soul is already craving. 
So with that, thank you again for being here. Do reach out to Diana, connect with her. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on all the socials at Shaman Leilani. For now, be still my friends and live into your impact. So good to chat with you and talk to you soon.